Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John. Nate Bucati. And the Drake, Jason Justice, filling in for Jake Gutierrez, who we think returns tomorrow, but we're never quite sure. But I do know that we have our next guest on the line, Annie Rogers from MLB.com. Hello, Annie. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. What an eventful offseason for the Royals and for you. Headlined by the extension to Bobby Wood Jr. and then a flurry of free agent signings that have left fans to be uh, considering what the record was last year. I think remarkably optimistic about the team contending in what's considered a weak division. Overall, uh, just what, what, were your, what was your reaction? What were your thoughts about the spending spree that the Royals had this offseason? Yeah. Um... Not totally surprised, given that they needed to go out and get some new players. Um, definitely surprised by the amount of money they committed. You guys know that's just not, uh, you know, that's not what they've done in the past. So um, they they explored trades and and they decided to go the free agent route. Um, so it, it's exciting. I think Royal fans should be should be excited about it. Um, obviously, we have to see what they put on the field first. Um, but yeah, it was busy, especially that week before Christmas. I was, I think I wrote like my the, mo- the most stories in the off season I've ever written <laughs> just that week. So, um, no, it was good though. Uh, I'm always happier for a busy off season. All right, so what's let's just start like big thirty thousand foot view. What's the biggest question you have, or that the Royals fans should have about this team going into spring training? Well, I think it's just whether those additions can, you know, actually help take this team to the next level. Um, I think people, you know, they're obviously excited about it, um, but we have to see that talent and that performance on the field first. So that that's the biggest question for me is, like, how far can the Royals go? Um, you know, they, they won only 56 games last year, so are we expecting a huge jump? And that only gets you, you know, um, you know, five hundred. Like I, I don't know. I just, I just am curious about how much this, um, these new additions can actually affect the play on the field, uh, and then also just how much the homegrown players that we saw all of last year can improve in in this next year. I think, for me, I think the biggest, the biggest concern I have still is center field. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe just the outfield in general, but center field especially because that's so important. Uh, take us through, um, you know, the, the plan from your perspective, you know, for the Royals in center field and, and what you expect from it. I think the plan is to play Kyle Isbell out there, given he's their uh, best defensive option. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to people at length about the debate, of, can you sacrifice offense? In center field, if you have a good defender, because usually how that, that how that's how that goes is, you know, you have um, you have a great center fielder who's reliable out there, and you know he might not be the greatest impact bat. Now, if you get an Im- impactful bat in a center fielder, that's obviously um, you know the goal, but not every team has that. So I think I think the plan is Kyle Lizzo, and 
Um, certainly, he, certainly other players could play their way into that starting role, right? Like you have Drew Waters who can play center field. Um, maybe not as not not as reliable out there as Kyle is though defensively, but he has maybe the highest ceiling offensively. He just hasn't reached hasn't reached that yet. So certainly he could play his way into that spot. Um, I know I know people are talking about that. So right now I think it's Isbo, uh, and then you hope that the rest of the lineup can put, pick up the slack offensively. Um, but I also do think that if he's a more productive number nine hitter, that helps lengthen the lineup and turns turn it over um, better for those guys at the top, like Michael Garcia and Bobby Witt Jr. Um, so, so we'll see, but I, I think right now the the starter is Tyler Bell. And when you talk about the rest of the offense picking up the slack, are, are there any candidates in particular that, that you have circled that, that maybe are poised to have a better year offensively this year than what we saw last year? Sorry, guys, you, you cut out a little bit. What was the question? When it comes to uh, you, you mentioned like, hey, maybe the rest of the lineup has to pick up the slack a little bit um, in that in that regard. Are there any any players in particular that that maybe you or the club think are prime candidates to take a big step forward offensively this year compared to last year? Yeah, I think the the number one guy that comes to my mind is MJ Melendez. You know, we we know what he brings um, with his power. It's just about making it consistent. And if he, he if he can do that, I think. The Royals are going to have a much better lineup because he's going to be hitting, you know, five or six, and you're not going to get that huge drop off after um, Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pascantino, Salvador Perez. So I think he's he's the biggest one in my mind that really needs to take a step forward in, this year. Um, not only for you know, so the Royals can see kind of what his future is on this club, but also just to help the lineup uh, better. We saw what he looked like in the second half. He made some adjustments. Now it's just about continuing that. Um, and, and making sure he's he's staying consistent with his swing. Uh, what was uh, your reaction to the signing of uh, backup catcher Austin Nola on Friday? Yeah, I thought it made all the sense in the world. Um, we saw what happened last year when both Salvador Perez and Freddie Fermin were out. Uh, we, you know, you had Logan Porter and Tyler Cropley up, and while that they did a great job under those circumstances, I think the Royals really wanted more experience just in case um you know I, I was a little interested to see what the royals response would be when i asked what this means for freddie for me as a backup catcher but they were pretty adamant that he is their number two um he, they love what he did last year they think there's there's more in there with the bat he's a super reliable um backstop so i think austin nola gives i almost said aaron nola and i've almost written aaron nola several times mm-hmm. um uh, but Austin Nola gives them uh, just some veteran experience back there, and he'll likely be in AAA because he has an option left, um, you know, just in case there's an injury or anything else that happens. You know, I, I think um, uh, I've talked to some Royals fans that are almost afraid to fully embrace how how great Cole Reagans was because it was almost too good to be true, and this team. Is you know desperately has needed an ace, right? And I, look, but at this level, I mean, even 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 people that are optimistic that he could he could be continue to be good, he was spectacular down the stretch, and now he has his his spring opener where what he had five strikeouts and two scoreless innings, and he looked uh, he looked tremendous. 
what 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 do you think realistically he's capable of in a full season? Yeah, I think um, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, I was, last year I kept just waiting for something to happen, and he and he finished really strong. Um, you know, with those twelve starts. Uh, so now I'm really curious to see how he does over a full season. Uh, he's got you know obviously that question to answer is can he replicate you know something similar um, in the entire season. So it's just about consistency. When I ask you know several people around the organization, like what's what's the next step? What's what's the next level that he can get to? Um, they all come back to just doing it over a full season. So that's that's a big question for him. Um, but he looked great yesterday. He looks great in every live that I've watched, every bullpen I've watched. Uh, it's really it's really pretty amazing um, just how strong he looks uh, this early in spring. So you you just cross your fingers and hope he stays healthy the rest of the way and that he can start the season off strong because you're exactly right. The Royals the Royals need this. You know they got two veteran guys in Seth Lugo and Michael Walker, but they would love to have a young starter anchor their rotation for for years to come. So you just hope he stays healthy. You hope that you know he continues to to tinker with his arsenal and make it the best it can be, and um, you know hopefully he can replicate what he did last year. Andy Rogers is our guest. All right, the Royals made multiple additions to the bullpen via trade and free agency, uh, and so it, it's you know for the most part except for a name or two, a brand-new bullpen. Do you think this will turn into uh, a bullpen by committee when it comes to closing, or do you think someone will emerge as a primary closer? I think uh, Will Smith will get the most opportunities to close at the beginning of the year. Uh, we did see last year when he was at the Rangers, he kind of faded down the stretch. Um, like, you know, He was worked a lot early on uh, with that club, and I think that kind of hindered him in the second half so the Royals will have to be a little bit careful with him um and with that they hope that someone else emerges as the closer they're, they're looking at James MacArthur Carlos Hernandez if he can you know stay healthy um those two in particular are kind of circled as maybe they can take that next step but to start the year I think Will Smith is going to get the most opportunities and then the Royals hope they're winning a lot of games so Will Smith isn't going to be able to pitch every night um you've got uh, Chris Stratton, who's closed games. Nick Anderson has closed a few. Don Schreiber has closed a few. I mean, there's there's several options. Even MacArthur and, and Hernandez also has, um, you know, a couple career saves between them from from previous years. So uh, I, I think you are going to see a, a mix and match, but at least the start is going to be mostly Smith. And, and it sounds like he's been a real leader. For this team, I mean, the stories we hear not not just not just in terms of uh, maybe teaching younger guys how to do things, but but bringing some of these other veterans uh, on board to join this team. Have you noticed what kind of presence he is now that he's back? Yeah, absolutely. I, I talked to him a couple times, and one first story just about how he um, you know, helped recruit some of these guys. Uh, he was super honest about it. Just you know, he want he wanted to change the culture here in Kansas City. He wants to you know bring another championship here and. Um, Immediately after he signed, he was asking uh, JJ Piccolo and Matt Petrero, "Hey, what do you need to do? Uh, what, where can I help?" And he texted with Seth Lugo. Uh, he talked with Chris Stratton, and then from there, those guys kind of uh, used their connections to talk to others. Uh, I, I think Seth might have talked to Michael Walker because they played together on the Padres. Hunter Renfro went to Mississippi State with Chris Stratton. So I mean, there's like a ton of connections. Um, and, all, and all kind of starts with Will Smith being the catalyst for that. So absolutely in the offseason and then just watching it here in surprise 
you can see the way he kind of leads uh, the younger guys. He talks to everybody, not just pitchers. He's talking to um, you know the younger position players. So, so it's fun to watch. It's fun to have that leader because I think that's something that the Royals have lacked uh, in their clubhouse. Is that the guy who will hold, um, who will have some fun with it, not take things so seriously, but also uh, make sure everybody's doing their job and uh, you know getting things done on the field as well. How many wins do you think it'll take to win the AL Central? I have had this conversation so many times <laughs> with people, and especially in the AL Central, we're all like, uh, you know, eighty-five. Um, mm. I, I guess I don't know. I got, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Like people are saying that the Twins um, are taking a step back, and, and they definitely have. Uh, but they still have a, a fairly good rotation, and then I'd, I'd still be nervous about their pitching staff. Um, same with Cleveland. Like I, they always just somehow have the pitchers to to uh, dominate through the season. So, and when I'm looking at you know when people ask me predict predicting champions or predicting division winners. Like, I always say follow the pitching. Who has the pitching to sustain 162 games and more? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how like, things start out. I think what matters is, you know, April is going to matter, especially for the Royals. They have a tough schedule. Um, so if they can start off strong, you know, they have a real chance. Um, so so we'll see. Uh, but I, I don't know. Not, not not you know, it's not going to take 100 games or 90, 95 games. It's going to be well under that. Um I, I think it'll have to be over 500. I, I hope so, too, uh, just for the sake of everybody watching. Um, but but we'll see. You, you know, I was I was just getting ready to ask you if you thought the Royals were done as far as you know making any deals or anything. And then I thought to myself, no, they're not because you know we, we heard Dayton Moore. He you know he he started using the word before he left that he needed to be more transactional. And the comparison's always made to Tampa because that's just what they do. They especially they churn the bottom of that roster, and they're they're not afraid to make moves uh, when they think they're getting more talent. Um, and I, but I, I and, and maybe it's not to that extent, but I do think that's what JJ Piccolo is, and that's what organization what 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 they've turned into. They're not afraid to make deals like we saw them, you know, trade a prospect to the Red Sox for for a good reliever when maybe. Maybe in the past a couple of years ago they don't they don't make that deal they hold on to the prospect, but I do think they're going to be more transactional. So I'm I'm thinking yeah they're, they're probably going to make a couple of more deals. Do, do you do you do you sense that? Do you feel that that change now that JJ settled in? He had that time to really evaluate what he has and what he doesn't have through that very difficult year, and now we're, we're going to start to see them be more transactional moving forward. Yeah, more than being transactional, they're just gonna find, you know, look and find ways to improve their roster. It's not, it's not just about making moves for the sake of making moves. It's looking at their roster, evaluating it honestly and completely, and finding where they can improve each aspect of the game. So if there are, are trades to make, if um, you know, if there are waiver claims to make, they're gonna do it um, because they trust in their coaches to, you know, help help evaluate that and help whoever they bring in, whether it's a waiver claim looking for a new chance or, or what have you. But they um, they want to make any move that they can and that makes sense realistically um, to improve the roster and, and keep improving. So I don't think that they're going to shut themselves off. And teams know that. They're, they're kind of having those conversations now. Um, so that helps moving forward. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the spring plays out, whether injuries make make a you know make uh, some sort of impact in in how the Royals go about it, whether other teams are contacting them or they start to contact other teams. Um, but I don't think we should ever say, "Yep, the Royals are completely done. This is the team that they're going to send out for opening day," because we're still a month away and anything can happen. They just, Andy, they seem to me like they're not as married to all of their prospects as they, I feel like under Dayton Moore, if they had guys they liked, they just, they wouldn't talk about them or, or even guys in the system. And it seems like now they, they are less attached. Is that a, is that a fair way to look at it? I, I think so. And they have guys that they're, they pretty much say no on, um, every time. Uh, they, they have, they have their core that they want to see, um, kind of grow. Either through the maid through the minors or guys who are close to the majors right now, um, but they know that you know the draft. Um, they know that the dra- the draft lately. They they need to they need to be better there. They need to not rely as much on their homegrown uh, players as as they have in the past. You know they're running out. Basically, the entire lineup last last year was was homegrown. Um, and that's not how any other team op- operates, really. But everybody loves homegrown players, but it's just not realistic to say we're going to make our entire team guys that we have drafted and developed. So they're they're making that shift. They're they're growing their international scouting department, uh, and they they changed it to their pro scouting department this off season um, to make sure that they're looking at all things throughout the game. How can we improve our team through trades, through signings, um, waiver claims, like I mentioned, things like that. Um, so that they don't put as much pressure on their player development, uh, and they they don't have to draft and develop these amazing superstars. And once in a while, those will come come through, and that's awesome. But they need to be able to bring in players who can help their team as well. Andy Rogers, uh, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Thank you. That's Andy Rogers who covers the Royals for MLB.com. I think that's that's a huge positive that they're more more willing to be um, honest with themselves about their own players, yeah, and about again what they have and what they don't have. I know it's, and it sounds lazy just say, "Well, I'd be more like Tampa, well, right?" You know what? Be more like Tampa. I mean, where do you go get your manager from, right? You know, and it's just, and, it, and there's a belief within that system in Tampa that they they win they win a high percentage of their deals, and so the more deals they make, the better they're going to become. And it's not it's yeah. it's just it's about not winning deals by land. So I know that you'd love to have that, but just deals that make you a little bit better. Yeah, incrementally better. You know, you know, making making the the twenty fourth and twenty fifth man. On the roster, better improving the organizational depth, Und- have, having an understanding again of what you have and what you don't have, and I'm telling you that like that that trade that they made with the Red Sox, you know, that had all these prospect guys clutching their pearls. Oh, the, the Royals give up their 19th ranked prospect for a, a reliever with three years. How could they do this when two hours before the trade? Wow, the Royals system is terrible. <laughs> like. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> and it's like the, the, for for a while there, the Royals were so afraid of trading someone and having them be good someplace else. We well, can't worry about that. 
They weren't good for you. Get someone that's going to be good for you. And I think the perfect example is Jackson Kowar. Okay? I don't think Dayton Moore makes the Jackson Kowar trade. Right. I think they're just going to go down with the ship on Jackson Kowar. But J.J., and they, they see an opportunity to trade Jackson Kowar for Kyle Wright, who's out for this year, but a former 20-game winner, who will be a big part of the rotation in 2025. And that's good. I like that. I'm willing to sit, you know, you get nothing for it this year, but then all of a sudden you got Kyle Wright. And and will you be surprised if Jackson Kowar goes to Atlanta? I don't know. Good reliever, something. Turns into a productive pitcher. I wouldn't be shocked. Because he does, he, you heard Mike Bodecker, that was his favorite of the four that they drafted high. He loves his talent. Bloomer loved his talent. But sometimes it just ain't going to work at, a, at some place for it. You see it in all sports. Sometimes a, a guy's got to go someplace else. Maybe the pressure was too much here or the, the, the stench of his failure was too much here. I'll never forget his, his debut, his major league debut. And we were we were late going somewhere. I told Sue, I said, "No, I gotta watch this Jackson Coar's debut." Do you remember that? Couldn't throw a strike, right? Do, do you remember the the he look just on looked, his face? Yeah, he chopping yeah. his. I've I've never seen a pitcher look that. I don't want to say if it, but triple decker syndrome or whatever. Yeah, I, and it was it was un, and he, it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, like oh no, and it was so bad. Where and like I think Sue said like. So was this it was just one start just one tie go. No, that was so bad. <laughs> you that might was not recover so from bad that. that you know. Yeah. And maybe just that hanging over him and the continued issues, he it wasn't gonna happen in Kansas City. But you can't just sit there and say, No, no, too much invested. No, no, we're not gonna trade him. They found value for him, even though he has that was value. Getting to, that's value. Yeah. And they weren't afraid to so I don't think that trade happens a few years ago. And I think that's a good example. So, And you, and you can't sit there and be, oh, no, Jackson Corr might be a good setup man for Atlanta. Well, he might he might be. Right. But guess what? Kyle Wright might be a good starting pitcher for you. I'll, I'll sometimes use a, good trades happen when bo- both sides win. Yeah, both sides can win. Um, I'll use the, uh, a basketball analogy for you. Remember that, like the Showtime Lakers, they talked about how uh, whoever the coach was that that uh, they kind of implemented the the Showtime Laker philosophy before uh, Pat Riley kind of took it to the next level. But the idea behind it was we have a more efficient offense than the other team. We want more possessions in the game because that puts the math in our favor. We're not going to score every single time down the court, but we're going to score at a higher percentage than the other team is. So the more possessions there are, the better chance we have of making sure we win the game. And it also doesn't mean that you just run down the court and chuck up a bad shot. we got to run an efficient offense and make the right calls. And that means like the Royals, you don't just go make trades everywhere you can just to make trades. But if you're diligent about it and you feel like you have an advantage there, doesn't mean you're going to win every single trade. But if you win more than you lose, then the more trades you make, the more you improve your team. So I think that's clearly... I think it's something that's been long overdue for the team, and I'm glad that they're willing. And also because you have a tendency to overvalue your own guys. You have to be clear-eyed about what you have and who they are. We'll be right back after this on WHB.
Welcome back to the Border Patrol Sports Radio 810 WHP. Man, I, you know, you spend a lot of time on social media, and I tweet something at you. I can't get a response. I can't get nothing. You know. I don't understand all this soccer stuff that goes on. Oh, man. I just t- tweeted you a video. Can you explain what this is about? Well, you you tweeted me a video that said Newcastle fan gets his hands on an Arsenal scarf, which fell into their section yesterday. Crying laughing face emoji, monkey covering his eyes emoji. So they're rivals? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, well, I don't know. They don't like each other right okay, now. That's, that's for sure. Right. Um, Arsenal put the whooping on them this weekend. <laughs> okay. And apparently... Uh, a scar fell into the uh, Newcastle fan section. and uh, What are they doing to the scarf? Well, this guy has taken his pants down, and he's flossing his butt with the scarf. Yeah. Is that the best way to describe it? I don't know. That's Drake. Drake, what do you think? <laughs> that's, uh, hmm? that's something. You know, people complain about NFL games. I've never seen that. you never seen X Factor out there? No, I've I've seen him out there. I haven't, you know. I'm not Doing saying that? he didn't do that, but I'm <laughs> haven't seen that before. You can't ever use that scarf again. That scarf, that scarf's great. <laughs> no, no, that scarf's gone. That scarf's there's going some to the things garbage. you say, "Well, I'll wash it yeah. or not." That that scarf is out. Nope. you're not touching that one anymore. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. You ain't touching it. <laughs> You sure ain't wearing it and ain't putting that around your neck. I mean, you know, you can you can do whatever you want to the scarf. I'll take the W. I'll take the win. For the gunners. Right. You see things on Twitter that I have never... I, you use the, the platform so much differently than I do. How do you use it? I don't know. I just I read about things that interest me, and you find all these videos that... That doesn't yeah, interest you? Are, interest is the How is could that not word. interest you? <laughs> I mean, seriously. How could that not interest you? Hey, whatever, whatever gets Steven involved in some soccer talk, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah. That's the kind of soccer talk <laughs> I'm looking for. And that interests me. Yes. I'm telling you, these soccer fans, they're a different breed sometimes, man, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. How do you figure? Well. I mean, is that I what we're going to see at the World Cup? Is this, is, this is what I need to get prepared for? I think you're going to see all sorts of things at the World Cup. And that might it might be some stuff like that happening every once in a while. I don't know. Usually, I think that it's uh, it's more of the wealthier fans that travel across the globe to World Cups. So maybe mm-hmm. you won't see as much of that. But I don't really know. I mean, I've never been in it. I've never been to a World Cup. So how can I really sit here and tell you that I know what's gonna what it's gonna look like? It's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be a lot of people here. I know that much. Hundreds of thousands. Right. Will descend upon Kansas City and maybe floss their butts with scarves. I don't When's know. the Messi game? April thirteenth. Well, see, that's right around the corner. Right around the corner. He had he he's all over. He scored a big goal last night for Inter Miami at Los Angeles. Inter Miami was getting their butts kicked in that game too until the very end when Messi pulled that one out. They got about a month and a half. You just got to cross your fingers and hope he didn't get hurt. That's right. You don't see any pulled hamstrings or anything like that. Nope. Don't want to see that. Right. Manage those legs. Is that thing sold out? I don't know. 
I would assume so. I would assume every Get someone sold. that's following soccer for me on the phone, Trey, could you? I mean, I have my tickets. I will be able to go. See, that's all you get. You what? I won't be able to go. Why can't you go? Because I'm going to be doing a game in Washington, D.C. that day. So Does that make you mad? Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled to be able to uh, to to call, call oh, a game in person, what do what I love. complete kiss-ass this guy is. I love Washington, D.C. Does D. it make you mad town. that you can't see Messi playing Kansas City? I wish I could be in two places at the same time, which is a constant feeling I have. I would love to be able to go Are watch Richie play. and heartbroken? I'm not heartbroken. See, I've seen Messi play in three times in person in already, Kansas buddy. In Kansas City? In no, Kansas City. No, not in Kansas City. At Arrowhead. I'm, I'm thrilled that my kids will be able to go. I wish I could be do there with them. they want to go? They better. No, no. Do, <laughs> do they want to go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm the, are they excited about it? Or are you, my, you know? my, one of my son's uh, best friends, Hakeem, is a, is a massive uh, Lionel Messi fan and is just dying to go. And, and, and so Benny, he's got Benny all excited about it, too. Yeah, no, they know, like, they know Messi. They want to go. Yes, they're very excited about well, it. I didn't know. And I would be excited, too. But I'm also thrilled to be doing a game that weekend. I am. I love going to Washington, D.C. I'm taking my wife. She's never been to D.C. before, so we're going to do a little. You know, I'm going to take her to a couple of my favorite spots in D.C. and and uh, we'll have a great time. But I I am sad that I'll miss it. Yeah, of course. I, I it's sold out. I'm sure. I don't know how much tickets are going for. Right here, let me look. You're the one that's supposed to have your finger on the pulse of all this. I got my finger on the pulse. All right. You see Cam Newton fighting seven people. What the hell, man? Well, here's here's I would the takeaway is don't try to fight Cam Newton. He was holding his own against three guys in the video I saw. Oh yeah, yes. People, why are people trying to fight him? Do people understand first of all how big he is? He is he's a linebacker, and then number two, how strong he is, and his his career, his life, he was dealing with three hundred pound superior athletes, elite athletes. And so you think you think you are going to bother him like normal normal guy USA? Maybe they thought if three three of them could. There was like seven of them. He was tossing people around like rag dolls, and I still have no idea what the hell happened. He it was it was like it was his seven on seven tournament in Atlanta. I guess there's some seven on seven team that. Then top, what the hell is it? Top top show performance or I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, top show performance. And that's I, I have no idea. I saw a video of one of the guys talking trash on Cam. You're like, why are you talking trash on the guy that's putting on a seven on seven event where you're playing at? I mean, it didn't I don't know. <laughs> And I don't know what led to the video that we've all seen. We've got guys taking cheap shots at Cam Newton. He's just flinging, flinging them like they're kids all around. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? I don't, I don't know, man. By the way, guys that played in the NFL, God, just leave them alone. Some of the toughest human beings on the planet. Like, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. It's like, That's like, like, I don't know. You probably get mad when I say this. Like, uh, when was it? I can't remember. It was like 
it may have been like two months after he started doing the show when when Sherm was in here, and then yeah. he walked out and he said something like, well, I think I could probably take him. And I said, you're crazy. <laughs> Anthony Sherman, look how big he is. Are you, and he's an athlete. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that says something. He's not so tough. Yeah, and you said yeah. something. You know, I don't know. I can take him. So yeah. are, you, are, you, are you mad? Yeah, I can't believe I said that either. You know, I don't know what got in. Sherman, if you're listening, I, I, I took up for you, man. <laughs> I defended you. I don't know what people. I, I don't, hey, I don't believe I, I don't believe I, I ever thought that, much yeah, less said I it. I can't believe you said it. Well, now, yeah. honest to God, like I, I like I, people like to you know make fun of kickers and stuff. Go stand next to Dustin Colquitt. The dude will tower over you. You know, like it's these guys are elite athletes. Oh, sure, was listening. Just was he? He said. He said your kids don't want to go. You're lying. Uh, You're making them go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. If they know what's good for them, are they going for fear of punishment? If, if they don't, <laughs> if they don't show the right the right amount of enthusiasm. Uh, Just be honest. It's your household, right? It is my household. You know, and they know what's good for them. That's right. You better. So, you but uh, but for the record, Sherm, I, I don't want to fight you. Well, I'm glad you came to your senses. <laughs> I'm glad you figured things yes, out. Are you? Yes. I don't even want to fight Dieter. I mean, I would, but I don't want to. <laughs> you would? You would? <laughs> oh, I hope to God he's listening right now. Oh, we'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. That was the better option, Nate. This is what the brass thought. Well, everybody's got choices. Right. Thank you to our guests, Todd Lebo, C.J. Moore from the Athletic Talk College Basketball, Annie Rogers, uh, talked plenty about the Royals. And again, uh, a story that came out during the show uh, involving Andy Reid and his contract situation, thought was very interesting, from Tom Pellicero. There. <laughs> Anthony Sherman's here. <laughs> Anthony Sherman's not only listening. He's standing in the hallway staring at you. That's right. That is exactly right. I mean, I have to, might have to exit over the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. For this the record, good. I said I don't want to fight him. Yeah. He wants a piece of Derek Dieter. That's what he wants. <laughs> so, what we do, invite him on in. <laughs> he wants to say something. Um, Tom Pellicero. No, I've tried to lock it many times. There he is. How you doing? Hey, I'm what's, good. Up, what's up, Sherm? I'm, good. I'm doing good, guys. How about this? How about uh, uh, NFL Network and Tom Pellicero saying that the Chiefs and Andy Reid will begin negotiations in the coming weeks on a new contract that NFL sources believe will make Reid the highest paid coach in football? Right now, speculation is he's eighth highest, which I find. Uh, ridiculous, but Brett Veach is believed to be one of the NFL's lowest GMs, uh, paid GMs. He's going to get a new contract, but uh, for the people out there that wanted to perpetuate the idea that Andy Reid's getting ready to hang it up, bad day for them, so it's like Big Red's getting ready to sign a new contract. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, he's the he's the best coach in football right now, so he deserves the, the highest paid contract. It doesn't surprise you, though. I mean, you think he's going to coach for a while. Why, why, would you, why would you step away now? 
Yeah, I think he's going to coach for at least by three to four more years. I mean, he's still uh, still has a ton of energy. Still loves what he does, and he still loves the grind. So I, I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Did you see the video of Cam Newton whipping seven people's ass? I did. I actually came to show Nate what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> So we were just hanging out. Like, no, it just happened to be just down the street. And when yeah. I heard it, I'm like, I'm going to go over there and mess with him. Yeah, right. I feel like sometimes he puts words in my no. mouth. I don't know. No. I, well, I did hear you actually physically say that you would fight Dieter. I don't want to. No, but you said you would. We have the tape probably that says, I would fight Dieter, but I, I, I wouldn't want to. But right. I would. I don't want to. Right. But you said you would. I mean, if I had to, you know. Did you hear about the event we got coming up that I'd like you to attend? Oh, boy. No. We haven't set a date. So we had the goalkeeper from Sporting Kansas City, Tim Melia, on the show. And he is known as the greatest goalkeeper in MLS when it comes to stopping penalty kicks, right? Okay. He's like a, he's like a cheat code. He's the best. Yeah. All right? And so we talked to him, and I said, hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be fun if we did something for charity where Nate had 10 shots at you from penalty kicks out there on the field and see what he could do. And he said he'd love it, he'd love to do it. And so I asked Nate, with him on the phone, how many do you think he'd make? He goes, oh, I'd, I'd make four. And so then Jake calls in from his vacation. He goes, that's ridiculous. He'd be lucky to make two, and he might not make two. But Nate continues against the the best of the best, right? He's the yeah, best. He's the he's elite. Yeah. And he'd just walk in there, pressure on him, and make four out of ten penalty penalty kicks. So now I think this is actually going to happen at some point. Would he, you like to be He there? might miss the net. Four times. Don't you think That's the possible. nerves will get to you? No, man, my nerves. I'm good. I'm good about that stuff. <laughs> so you I'm really cool think under, you'll you'll cool under pressure? You're going to get four goals. That's yeah. That, I mean, that's what I said. I got to stick with it. You know. Yeah. Did you did over the weekend? Did you have any second thoughts about your proclamation? No. Or you leaned nah. into? No, don't worry. We'll see on Twitter that he set his whole backyard up with soccer field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Regular, you know, regular size net. He'll, yeah, he'll be, be out pra- there practicing for months. Like two or three neighborhood kids trying to simulate some <laughs> <laughs> He's going to put that board up. He's going to put yeah. that board up and hit the corners. Oh, oh, you yeah. Yeah, no, stay in there. Come on. Yeah. Well, we can tie this all together. If he doesn't get four goals, he has to fight Dieter. Yeah, let's let's do that. Dieter's yeah. always looking to fight somebody. He, he is always looking to fight somebody. Fight somebody. We can make yeah. that happen. We could do that. If he doesn't, then he has to. The next charity event is that he, him and Dieter get in the ring. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm willing Guns to sign hoses. up for that. It, well, it doesn't matter. You just signed up right now. When I you don't said think you I would did. Fight him. What if we? What if we made? Hey, you guys fight with the big giant pillows? Big yeah. giant pillow girls. <laughs> would you do that? I'd be, yeah, I think I'd be willing to do that. I'd do pay that. top dollar to watch that. <laughs> I do three minute, one minute rounds. Dieter's, he's got some kind of unresolved issues. He wants to fight everybody. Oh no, else he, he does. does. Yeah. Oh, no we, we have yeah. to get him. I mean, it may not be Nate, but we have to have I mean, Derek fight someone. He, he should fight somebody that's we'll actually like it. And, and you know, a, we, we can do that. Okay. I mean, like he's a, got enough people that he... Like a decent athlete, not me. <laughs> but you just said you score four goals against the yeah. greatest all-time yeah, it's goalie. It's just a penalty right. kick. That doesn't really take any athleticism. It's just well, a penalty kick. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now he's... You know, he's crapping on soccer. Yeah. He's, 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 well, penalty kicks aren't real soccer. Well, I feel like yeah. he also broke the rule. It's like shooting rule. free throws, man. I, I feel shoot, like I he broke his all bet, day. by the way. He, he tweeted out like an hour before the show on Friday that soccer <laughs> oh, was still I, going on. I told I, – I, but Lebo overruled me. Yeah. And he's like the moderator of this thing. Lebo so. should fight Dieter. Right. Well, He's in shape now. That's exactly right. Those two. You're good love that. <laughs> Sherm, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for stopping yeah, by. Yeah, hey, no problem. Watch thanks, out, Nate. Thanks for making it. in the parking lot. I'm going to climb out through the window. Yeah, that's right. Everyone have a great day right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.